verse 22. And then we'll kind of get the sitting here. And he, but he, excuse me, I'm about to read verse 21. Amen. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the unnewable company of angels, to the to general assembly of the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now, that's a whole lot of there. Amen. It's called by the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. Amen. To the judge, Lord, the judge, and of the spirits of just men made perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinklings that speak better things than that of Abel. And we got to that scripture, uh, the latter part of the verse 24, talking about uh, the speaking of Abel's uh, blood. Amen. And you know, if you turn back to Genesis, the fourth chapter, uh, God came and asked Cain, said, where is your brother Abel. And I, I will just read a couple of verses of scripture there in verse number eight. And Cain talked with Abel and his brother and he came to pass that they were in the field. Amen. They were communicating together and Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? And then the Lord said, and he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Crieth means that his blood was crying for revenge. Uh, he was, his blood was crying for justice. I want just to be certain. He, he, was, he was calling for judgments evidently now. His blood was, his blood was, was calling for retribution for what had happened. Amen. Amen. Jesus' blood is calling to us to invite us for forgiveness because his blood speaks differently and better things than Abel's. Abel's blood was speaking for judgment. Jesus' speak is for forgiveness. Mercy. Hello. Grace, amen. What the writer is saying is that Jesus' blood is now speaking for us, amen, for forgiveness and so forth. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I, 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 the Lord's got gifts to each one of us for the things we have need of. He's got healing for our bodies, salvation for our souls, Peace for our minds. Amen. He, is, he, is, he has an answer to all man, humankind's situations and problems or needs that they have if we would just allow him to do his work sometimes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you're laboring or heavy laden, amen. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm wanting to Give you rest. And that rest is the spirit of the Lord within us 
Amen. This is the rest we may cause the weary rest. This is a refreshing from the Lord, speaking of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to talk about the Holy Ghost a little bit tonight because I want to tell you something. Whether you need it or not, it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Amen. And I didn't mean that last first words I said. I believe you need it. And I'll, I'll, I'll point that out in just a little while. Amen. But he's warning against rebellion. Don't, and to, uh, to, to not shut off the voice of the Spirit. Amen. Now, I, I don't want to hang around too much or long linger in some of these things, but I'm going to tell you something. When a person feels like he can control the spiritual atmosphere, amen, in a church to where he can say, I, I know he's talking to me, but I, I, I'm not ready right now or I don't want to go right now. I don't, want, I don't want to surrender to the Lord. I would tell you, you are in very, very dangerous. It's a very dangerous thing. Because you better hope that he never stops talking to you. Amen. And I have told a story several times of a man that laid across the altar, one revival all week long he wore out the saints of the Most High God praying and praying and praying. They extended a revival another week for him so he could pray through. And when that one was over, it was, it was over for him. He said, I never, I never touched God. I never felt God. And all of that seeking, day after, night after night after night, amen. And it was not a five-minute prayer, 10-minute prayer. It was hour or so of prayer, most every night because he knew what he had done. He backslid, and some of the pastors, this happened in Alabama too, okay? The pastors went to him, more than one preacher went to him trying to get him to come back to the Lord and whatever. He said, if God will give me five minutes, I know how to clean my life up and get ready, get ready for it. He boasted and bragged that I've got God in my control. Give me five minutes and I can take care of everything and the Lord will fill me with the Spirit. I know how to, I know how to do it. But he died saying I cannot touch God. I cannot feel God. Now, I mean, that's just free. I, didn't, I don't even have my notes. But uh, what it does say, you know, it does, or things is, it's, I mean, his blood will show mercy. But don't, don't shun it. Amen. Amen. Just let the blood of Christ do its work. Amen. Amen. Don't try to prevent it from happening to you, but open your heart and let, let it happen. Amen. Good speed says it like this in his translation. Take care not to refuse. Amen. To listen to God or to listen to him. Taylor's translation says, see to it that you obey him who speaks to you. Philip's translation says, so be sure you don't refuse to hear the voice of God Amen. when he speaks. Amen. And 1 John, I'll read a few verses of scripture from 1 John here. 1 John chapter five. And uh, I will begin reading at verse number five. First John chapter five and verse five says, who is he that overcometh 
the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that cometh by water and by blood. Even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. Now, we're talking about baptism and the blood cleansing and so forth. And it is, it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. Amen. Skip down to verse number eight. And there are three that bear witness in heaven, the spirit and the water and the blood. These three agree in one. Amen. There are several way, ways we can say that the blood of Jesus gives us peace and assurance. Amen. Because it speaks peace to our hearts. Amen. Amen. I can give, I can give peace of the mind sometimes to people by encouraging them or whatever. But Jesus, amen, he gives peace Amen, in the midst of the storms of life. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter one and verse 12. For our rejoicing is this, that the testimony of our conscience, amen, we're rejoicing because our conscience has been cleared. Amen, hallelujah. You know what? I'm sure that all of us have had one of those things one time that... Uh, my dog... I've told this story before, but my dog tells me when, when he's, he, he's done something wrong. He looks like I've already whipped him. You know, he just, around. And, uh, oh, Brother Harrelson, he, he, he looks at it with a congregation. When he preaches, he watches people too, you know. If you know what I mean, he can, he can tell when, when, when you're getting a whipping. He can tell when you stepped on your toes. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter one and verse 12, for our rejoicing in is this, the testimony of our conscience. So the blood of Christ speaks out for us and to us. Amen. When the blood covers, it speaks out because it, your, face, your face can, can show. All is well with my soul. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 25. Amen. For if they escape not who refused him that speaketh on earth. Now this is, we're back to Hebrews. Now, I'm that a part of that verse says it like this, amen. Uh, well, I, I, let me read it again. For if they escape not who refused him that, part, that, that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape. Now, the Paul, the writer of Hebrews, saying they didn't escape, and it's referring back to uh, some of this is referring back to the flood. It said they, nobody escaped the flood except Noah. And if they didn't escape, I'm just going to tell you here this is what he was saying. The, the writer is much more shall we not escape. You don't, Amen. I'm going to wait till the trumpet sounds, and when the trumpet sounds, I'm going to know. You know. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start calling on the Lord. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. Uh, you, uh, you may 
wait till the trumpet sounds, but it said, in a moment of a twinkling of an eye, you got to repent. You got to, you know, you ain't got time for nothing. You're too late. I shouldn't say you, you're, but their people will be too late. Amen. Praise God. For if the Jews who refuse the testimony of Jesus on earth, in refusing it, they said, let his blood be on us and to our children. Matthew 27. And you know where I'm going with that. Amen. Or you know what was said. Amen. When they, Pilate was going to, uh, amen. I'm just going to beat the Lord Jesus. I'm going to go whip him and, and let him go. But no, we don't want, we don't, we want his blood. Let his blood be on us and our children. Did you know that's cost them millions upon millions upon millions of lives? Okay. If you want his blood to be upon you and your children to the Jews, uh, they, they've suffered for that for the last 2,000 years almost. Hello? Matthew chapter 27, verse 22. And may I gonna have to change another page here. Matthew 27 and 22. It says it like this. And Pilate said unto them, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why, what evil has he done? But they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude and saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. They answered, all the, and all the people said, let his blood or his blood be on us and our children. Amen. Such a, such a horrible statement to make. And to this very day, I could ask you the question. I'm gonna ask you just, what is it about the Jews that the world hates? Pardon? What have they done? I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just almost like a dirty word to say it, Jew or, or Hebrew people. You, you have any, any reason why? There's one. They're Jews. And they ask for it. And the devil is doing his best I think to make a, make sure that they and uh, and really I I think I can say this that their persecution will get so bad that they'll start crying out for the Lord and He will come save them. But this they're 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 not through suffering yet. I think I can say that by biblically. Amen. 
till this present day, there is a stigma to being a Jew. Their blood shed, amen. And it, it's just, even today in America, I say today, even in this period of time in America, there is a, there is a groundswell of hatred boiling up for the Jews in some of your major cities. And uh, I don't think it'll get any better until it gets worse. I don't think it'll get any better until God decides enough and I will show them mercy and they'll say, this is our God and we're going to serve him. And, uh, and the Lord's going to come and protect them in, in the end of the time. Amen. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that spake from heaven. That's verse 25 still in Hebrews here. Not a part of that verse. Amen. For if, we, if they escape not who refuse to speak for them to heaven, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Brothers and sisters, I want to hear the voice of God. I've told, I've told this story about Brother J.T. Pugh more than one time. And uh, he, was, he was out doing visitation. And I know some, some of you folks are new probably, but he was out doing visitation and his wife told him, be, you be home by five o'clock or four o'clock. I don't know which, what time it was, but you be home that we, we, gotta, we gotta go somewhere. They, they had an appointment. And so he was out, and he, he kind of running a little, 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 little slow, I guess you'd say. And he said, "I ain't got time for this. I need to go by and see them. I ain't got time, but I'm going to run to the hospital. This man, uh, I got to go see him, and then I'm going to run to the house." He said the spirit sport spoke to him and told him to go see this man. And basically, the, he just thought came to his mind. He said, "You know, he thought I, I need to go see him, but uh, I, I, I'm running too late." So I'm, I'm going to stop at the hospital on my way home and uh, see the man's in the hospital. Uh, and so felt like that was more important. You see, he stopped at the hospital and when he stopped his car and started to get out, God said, are you going to listen to me or are you going to do what you want to do? And just chill went over him. He said, Lord, I've tried all my life to try to keep communication with you. He said, he went over to the man's house, knocked on the door, the God was standing to it, and the man come to the door with a pistol in his hand. He said, Brother Pew, what you hear? He said, the Lord sent me here. He said, I had this pistol and I was, I was fixing to kill myself. You just saved my life. He was a backslider, came back to God, you know, it, it, I, I just believe God has a lot of things he could do with us if we would, if we would not shut that voice off. That's what I was saying a while ago. Don't, when God speaks to us to come and pray, don't just sit there. Do something. Like get up and go pray. You, want that, you don't want to shut that voice off. I just told you a story a while ago about it. Amen. And this is a warning to you and I. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Here's again Philip's translation. It says, little chance of escaping. Amen. Is there for us. 
if we refuse the voice of the Spirit. Weymouth's translation says, who turned a deaf ear to him that was now speaking to him. Good speeds, again, said, who reject him who was speaking from heaven. And I want to read several verses of scripture here. Turn back in Hebrews to the first chapter of Hebrews. Amen for a verse to a scripture here. Hebrews chapter, chapter 1 and verses 10 and 11. And he says like this, I beseech you, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in times past was unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me, whom I have sent again, thou therefore receive him as, as, as is my own bowels. Amen. I, I want you to, I want you just to, he, he's taking my place. I'm, I'm talking Philemon, excuse me. I got Philemon's, I'm sorry how dumb I am. Amen. Verse number, verse number 10. And thou, the Lord, in the beginning, amen, hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens and are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remaineth, and they shall all wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shall they fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Praise God. Amen. You that listen to him. Amen. Second Peter. Second Peter chapter three and verse 10. Second Peter chapter three and verse. I'm telling you these pages are, I can switch them backwards and forth, backwards and forth. Amen. Amen. Chapter three and verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. And in the heavens which shall pass away with a great noise, the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth and the, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. See then that, that all these things shall be dis dissolved. What manner of a person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the, the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens shall be on fire and shall dis be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. That's, that's Bible. It's talking to us about the end time. Amen. Revelation chapter 21, uh, in verse one and through three, it says that uh, God's gonna, gonna make all things new. And uh, I'm, I'm kinda, uh, kinda excited about what's all gonna take place after the fact. Amen. Verse 26 of Hebrews, whose voice shook the earth. Now, let me read verse 25 first. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shall shake the earth. Amen. Uh, amen. It's, it's referring to uh, the thunders and the lightnings and the eruptions, amen, that uh, happened. Uh, part of this is on Mount Sinai, and also during the flood and the judgment there, but on Mount Sinai, I was talking about all this appearance of the Lord there. Amen. And uh, I, uh, I was uh, reading, and it was, of course, it was giving me some, 
information on some of that. And I, I, uh, I, I read just about a week or two ago, I, I just reminisced my mind on the uh, Mount St. Helens. I'm sure that all of you remember the Mount St. Helens when it exploded here somewhat 10, 12 years ago. When was that? In the, you know, it's been a long time ago, about 30 years ago. Well, I was in Portland Bibles College, and, uh, and I could look out and see Mount St. Helens. It looked like an ice cream cone. It was beautiful, and it was 60 miles away. And uh, I could look at that any time that this, it was clear, which rained almost 20, 200 years or days a year. And, uh, but when it was clear, you could see Mount St. Helens. But uh, I, I read this about a week or two ago, and uh, it said it, when that, that eruption happened, it actually knocked off a fourth of a mile at the top of that mountain. Now, this is, this is just some words here, but it says that there was 3,400 billion tons of dirt was lifted off that mountain. And poor, poor Harry Truman. Harry Truman was living at the beautiful lake that was down below there, and they tried to tell him to escape, and I've lived here all my life, and I ain't leaving. I've heard this thing growling before, and, and I've been okay, and you ain't gonna put me out of here. And he's over 100 feet deep and now, and feel from coming, coming off that mountain. And uh, it's just a bunch of stuff uh, that uh, it's what happened. But that is just chicken change. That's just minute. What God's going to do, he said he's going to shake this earth. And I don't know how he's going to do, but there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, which the heaven that we have, or which the earth that we have now is going to be destroyed. It ain't going to be. It's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, wherein we'll dwell righteousness. I'm going to do my best to be there. Amen. And the uh, Bible talks about us, and it's, it's not, it's not any, what anything for me, but the saints of God now, the spirit-filled, born-again people would be kings and priests unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Verse 26, but now he hath promised us. Amen. He, he's made promises. This is the things that God said he's going to do. Woe and amen, whose voice shook the earth. But now he hath promised, saying yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but heaven, also heaven. New heaven, New earth. Now that is speaking of the judgments of God and the end of time as far as the church is concerned and humankind is concerned on this earth. And I, uh, I just, I, I will point out to you, and I think I made mention of this sometime before, but there was two times that God has sent judgment upon this earth. The first time he wiped it all out, clean, saved Noah and his family, right? That was a judgment of water. 
the next time, he's not going to, he put the rainbow in the sky. He said, I'm not going to do it no more like that. But next time, I'm going to wipe it out with fire. Right? The two elements of God's judgment, water and fire, are the two elements of God's salvation. You've got to be baptized in water. You've got to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hey, guy, chapter 2 and verse 20, 21. Amen. And, uh, or, or verse, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I got that printed out wrong, but it's Haggai chapter 2 and verse uh, 6. And there is, a, there is a verse, there's a verse 21. First of all, I'm going to read that first. Speaking to Zerubbabel, the governor of, of Judah saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. That's where the writer of Hebrews got his, got quote, he was quoting from Haggai chapter 2 and verse 21 and also Haggai chapter 2 and verse 6. You have sown much and bring little. You eat, but you have no, not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink and you are clothed, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages and put them into bags with holes in them. Amen. He was speaking of the judgment. And this is, this is part of the Haggai's prophetical word. And he said, then verse 21, talks about he's going to shake heavens and earth. Amen. And that's the, that's the end time judgment. Amen. Once more, I'm going to shake the earth. This time, it's in the judgment of the fire. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I got this little note here. And it says, the Russians, I don't know where you, uh, I'm sure you probably read about it. The Russians decided they was going to drill as deep as they could. We tried it in Oklahoma. We didn't get near as far as they did. They drilled 4,000 or 40 thousand two hundred and thirty feet deep that's how we if we went with miles that would be approximately somewhere in the neighborhood of of a seven and a half to eight miles I think five thousand feet to a mile they, they uh, five thousand two hundred eighty feet to a miles but they they, they drill forty thousand feet and they did not tell everything. I mean, the whole story, Russians had not told us, but two things they said. They stopped dig, drilling because the temperature was 600 degrees. It was melting some of their bits that they were trying to do. And they were digging up skeletons. I'm going to leave that there for you to whatever but I was kind of astonished at that and someone said that and they said I think this is just a just a tale but someone said that it was there was so much noises 
that was going on that they did not know what it was that they quit drilling. But I want to tell you, you just put your trust in God and leave it in God's hands. Amen. Amen. This earth is not going to be the eternal dwelling place of the saints of God. He's going to make a new one. Amen. Praise God. Commentaries say that the reference, amen, was referring back to the flood and to also the judgment to come. Praise God. Dake says that this prophetical word of the second time God is going to destroy the earth and this is by far, and this is First Peter chapter 3 and verses 10 through 13. I won't take time to read that. Amen. I'm wanting to move along here. I've got, got a little bit more to read and talk about tonight. I want to try to finish up this chapter. Amen. Verse 27, and this is the word, yet once more signifies the removal of the things that are now that he's shaken. I mean, he's uh, once again, and that's to come, brothers and sisters, yet once more. It's a prophetical word. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. This world is not worth dying for, or should I say, in a sense, it's not worth forgetting God. Well, they got some gold, and the, they got a lot of things around here, and you can... You can live a kind of a happy life for a little while, but I want to tell you what, anything that the world has to offer has a horrible end to it. Amen. It's, it's not worth hanging on to, for sure. There are two times in the Word of God is spoken of God destroying the earth. First one is in Genesis chapter 6 and verses 1 through 3 and 6 through 8. And that was the flood when he saw the wickedness of men. The second one is in Revelation chapter 21. I didn't read it a while ago. Let me go read it now. Revelation chapter 21. And uh, I will read verses 1 through 5. And he says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Hallelujah. That's the bride of Christ. Amen. And I heard a great voice out of the heavens saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. Praise God. And there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. Amen. What a, what a promise that God has left to us right at the end of his book to say here's the way it's going to be amen at the end time now I, I, I'm going to go back and reiterate somewhat what I was uh, what I've already said in St. John chapter 3 I've, I've been 
this has been something that's been uh, kind of, I've been reiterating over, amen, when, when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, I know that your teacher come from God because ain't nobody can do these things except God be with him. I know that, I, I, I know that I'm seeing the miraculous things that God the creator is doing. And Jesus responded to him, amen, right? His rest, his word was just right, verily, verily, I'm saying to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You, you, you'll never be there in Revelations in the end time. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born, you know? But then, amen, five through eight talks about how that we can be born of the water and the spirit that's the born again experience. Amen. Brother Harrelson reiterated it Sunday night. And I'm going to reiterate it to, tonight. That don't sit on the pews of a church knowing that that is what Jesus spoke here. And what Peter said on the day of Pentecost, the same thing, basically. When they, he, they asked him, many brethren, what must we do? He said, repent. That means Die out, leave, leave the old past behind. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the removal of those sins, remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was what, that was what G, Peter said to the people that asked him, how can we be saved? And that's exactly what he said to Nicodemus trying to explain it is being born again. And Nicodemus couldn't understand that. But brothers and sisters, I, 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 don't, don't try to coast into heaven. It is not downhill. It is not downhill. Amen. And again, I got to say the two elements of salvation is the two elements of God's judgment. You be obedient to the two elements of salvation and the latter part of the judgments of God that's going to happen to the world won't be a part of you. You'll be like Noah. You'll be called out of it, taken out. On a, amen. We, we'll, be, we'll be like, be translated in the moment of twinkling an eye. Amen. So, so being baptized in the name of Jesus, amen, and being filled with the Spirit is the begorn again experience. It's got to be, amen, to become a new creature. Hallelujah. And in the spirit that raised up Christ the dead dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Praise God. Verse 27. Amen of Hebrews, verse number 27. Amen. And this... In this word, you once more signify the removal of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And that is those, those, that's, those that's been born to the water and the spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up to uh, several verses of scripture. Back up to Isaiah, first of all. Isaiah chapter 9, and we will begin reading at verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. 
And we'll read verse 6 and 7. Amen. For unto to us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government's going to be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. For upon the throne of David, amen, and upon his kingdom and order it to establish it with judgments and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. Now, we, we use that as a revelation of who Jesus Christ was. But, uh, amen, it, it says that he's going to fulfill and he is going to complete, amen, the things. He, he, the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth to save us out of it, save humankind. Amen. And if you don't take advantage of what he, uh, he's offered to us, then the consequences is you're going to be left and uh, all the things. It, it, hell was never prepared for, for humanity. Did you know that? The Bible says hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. But anybody that goes there has chosen to be on the devil's side, refusing to be on the Lord's side. Daniel chapter 2, verses 44 and 45. Uh, I'm just going to read several verses of Scripture. For as, it says it like this, Dan, Daniel 2 and 45, For as much as thou sawest the stone which cut out of the mountain without hands, that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, and the silver, and the gold, and the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation is certain. Now, this is Daniel telling Nebuchadnezzar his dream. And he's telling him, and Nebuchadnezzar, if you want to, I don't have time for that, but that one verse of Scripture describes to us the kingdoms from, from Babylon all the way down to this present day. And uh, it's, it's uh, the, the head of gold was Babylon. The arms or chest was the Persian kingdom. The, uh, the belly was Alexander the Great. And the legs in the, and the feet or his legs was, was the uh, Roman kingdom. Now, what did all of those kingdoms, what, what did all those kingdoms what did what they represent? Every one of those kingdoms was world-controlling kingdoms. And Nebuchadnezzar saw the world's controlling kingdoms of Babylon, Persia, and Medes and Persians, the, uh, the Grecian kingdom, Alexander the Great, the Roman kingdoms, and since Rome, there have never been. But I'm telling you, you're right now recognizing the fact that there's two hungry wolves, <laughs> I call them that, and that is China and Russia. They're not satisfied with the amount of, of uh, land that they got. They're wanting to take in this country and this country and this country, and uh, they just keep adding to it. And uh, that's, that's just what we're really seeing in the last days where there is going to be one uh, 
kingdom where I got, I guess it would be maybe two kingdoms, I don't know. But it's gonna be, they're gonna be a com, a combinations of kingdoms. But they're gonna be part iron and part clay. They, they's not, clay's not very powerful stuff. You know, we got plenty of it around here. But so the kingdoms are not gonna stick together because they're gonna fight each other until somebody gets supremacy, trying to. But what did Daniel tell Nebuchadnezzar? Amen. What did Daniel say? He said that there is gonna be a stone cut out of the mountain. Amen. Verse 45, verse 46, then the king, then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and worshiped Daniel and commanded that they should offer uh, an oblation and, and a sweet odors unto him. Amen. Uh, because he had told, he told the king, you are the, you are the first kingdom in this, it's gonna be a world controller. The Medes and Persians are gonna come in. Alexander the Great, gonna be world empires, controllers of the world. But, and it gets down to the, to the last days, uh, the kingdoms, they're, they're not gonna be joined together. They're just gonna work together to try to become another world power. And they will probably succeed in a lot of it. But then God's gonna step in. And the stone cut out of the mountain, we understand that's the Lord Jesus Christ, God's kingdom, amen, his heavenly kingdom, his heavenly people, amen. Amen, God's gonna come back with his army. Daniel chapter seven, and I'm, maybe I shouldn't even take time to read this, but if you'll read Daniel chapter seven and beginning verse 13 through 27, it's another prophetical. And I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like unto the son of man came in the clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him and they were given his dominion and glory and, and a kingdom that all people and nations and language amen, should serve him. His dominion is as an everlasting dominion and this is, amen, which shall not be passed away in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, amen. Now this is what, this is God's kingdom. That stone that was cut out of the mountain is gonna smite the kingdoms of this earth and destroy them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I got, if you want you to write these down, I don't have time to read them. Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33. Hebrews chapter 13 and 15. Amen. Goes along with these that I'm just reading to you. Those things that can't be shaken. Amen. And those things that are being destroyed. Praise God. In verse number 28 of Hebrews, it says it like this, wherefore we are received the kingdoms which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now the writer of Hebrews is drawing it near, even in after, after this, verse thir chapter 13 is gonna be a little bit different from from this because he's winding up with what about the last days important things to him. Daniel chapter seven and uh, verses 18, 18 and 27, which is a part of that 
13 through 27, and also Ezekiel chapter 14, verses five through nine, if you want to write those down, and Romans chapter eight, and we'll just read a few of these, Romans chapter eight, and, uh, and uh, verses 17 and 18, and I'll read those two. And if children, then you're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, then we, we may also glorify it together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be re- revealed unto us. Hallelujah. Now Paul was writing to the Romans. And he was telling them that there's whatever we have to go through in this this world, brothers and sisters. You know, since we're in the world, we're going to have to suffer. We, 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 we may have to, we don't know what's going to all take place. But whatever it is, there's no way to compare. Amen. I was just reading a missionary story today. And, and that story was telling about this couple who died uh, for, the, uh, for the gospel. They, they put them in jail and they was actually first of all they was asking for I think it was several thousands of dollars for a ransom for them I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about brother Sully and them they're going to, back to Africa but uh, we're more civilized now I guess for, for a while anyway in that, but they were they asked we'll, we'll release these if for, for several thousand dollars nobody could get that thousands of dollars up to give to them at that time. So they just murdered them. And then the, the, the word reading goes on that in that place where they were missionaries that there's been more people come to the Lord because of the stand that they took and was willing to die for because they could have escaped before but they would not escape and they knew they were in danger. And yet they stayed on and they lost their life, but a revival. So more people, more people were saved by their death than they had saved in their life. So Paul would say it like this, I have a desire to part this, give you this for the Lord. Amen. And it's just only for for the sake of others, but, and I have said this before myself, there's probably more people have been saved because of the way that Paul was willing to stand and then he preached and wouldn't fear him for his life and, and, and then he, his life was taken and I suppose that he has saved more people by his stories, by his books, amen, than he saved in his life. Millions of people will be in heaven even because of the Apostle Paul, not only his testimonies of his, of his preaching personally, but by his testimony of his preaching in his, in his epistles, and also how that he was, time of my departures at hand, I fought a good fight, I finished the course, I've kept the faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got two more stories I could tell them right quick. Amen. I, I read, read a story some years ago. I don't know, it's been several years ago now, but a tornado came through uh, the country where, where this was at, and I forget now what city it was in or 
part of the country. But uh, it wiped the houses away. And, and the house that was there, there was nothing but the, the floor, amen, was left. Just the, just the slab that the house sat on. And when they came to look, the house was gone. Everything was gone except a rocking chair and a Bible. Sitting there, it didn't even look like it had been rained on. And that, that story brought a, a uh, I guess, a spiritual understanding. The Lord just left that a little sign. And then uh, I was at the General Conference some years ago, and I'm sure that you, all of you remember the, uh, the tsunami that swept through Indonesia and, and, and India and uh, Sri Lanka. Uh, the, the island was just almost devastated. The lower part of it was wiped almost clean. It, the debris was scattered everywhere. Brother, it was in the newspapers. I was probably on TV or whatever too at that period of time. There was a picture. Somebody made that picture of this total area. It looked like it was, it was a mile or two and, and nothing but devastation except one house. One house. Well, nothing in the newspaper or any of that told the story of the house. Brother Prince Matthias, he came to dinner conference and showed that picture to us, and he said that house was one of the saints of God in the church in Sri Lanka. And a, a lady was in that house of praying, and every house was wiped away except her house. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, God leaves us examples or stories or leaves us something of a sign of what I can do and how I can protect. I don't know how things are going to turn out or whatever, but I do know this. You can rest assured we're in the arms of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 and 3. Write that down. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12. And Jude 14 and 15, verse 14 and 15. Amen. While the world is shaken, I believe that God is leaving some examples, amen, of things that can't be shaken, can't be destroyed, has his arms around, amen, certain peoples. Praise God. And then God says, or Paul says, or whatever. The last verse is, for our God is a consuming fire. And this is when, when Paul gets through with this, this chapter, verse, uh, chapter here, amen, the last chapter in, 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 in Hebrews, it goes right into a kind of a different perspective of things, and we'll talk about that. Next Wednesday night, part of it, Shall we stand together? And uh, if you want to write another, Psalms chapter 96 in verses 8 through 13. Amen. Some, another good passage of scripture. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 27 says, Yet once more, 
And then verse 29 says, my God's a consuming fire. He's going to take care of everything. Do you know fire cleanses? Now, before, before there was ever such things of all these needles and things that we have to take shots or, or getting pins to try to pick a, pick a burr out of, a, out of your hand or something. I'm talking about old, old country guys now, okay? What'd you do? Well, you, need, you need to purify that. You know what you do with it? Strike a match. Hold it down there to it. Let it get hot. And there's, there's no germs on that now. God's going God's gonna, to, uh, what, what am I going to say? Disinfect the earth. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And when, when he gets through with the fire, there ain't going to be nothing. The only thing to be left is the sinless people. And they won't be on earth. Amen. Lord, I thank you for your word. And sometimes, Lord, when I read your word, it brings a little fear of knowing what's coming. And yet, Lord, when we look beyond that, it brings rejoicing and love and seeking you because I don't want to be here when all that you're saying is going to happen. God, we pray today that we would prepare ourselves. And, and again, I'll go back to part of what I said tonight. Speak to us. I don't want to cut your voice off. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what I need to do. I want God to follow your directions. I want Lord to be out of here. God, when you execute your judgments upon this earth, I want to be here, Lord, when you make a new one. And God, you put us back in here with a new heaven and a new earth and the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Amen. I pray, Lord, today that we can take our serious, Lord, our life here and do all we can, God, to make sure that we live for you and please you with our lives. Amen, because I know that you're coming soon. In Jesus' name, Lord bless you.